You're listening to the CEO Experience, a C-Suite Radio production, where we are on a mission to learn the biggest advice observed in business and in life from today's leaders. Sit with us as we learn from their experience. Welcome to the first episode of the CEO Experience, where we take a deep dive into the art of sales and adapting the philosophy that in order to sell the most, you have to care the most. Today, we sit down with Chris Cumby. Chris is the author of the Success Playbook host of the Think Bold, Be Bold show. He's been a founder, a CEO, creator of the Kick-Ass Sales Game, a dad of four, husband, speaker, sales coach, mentor. This guy's done it all. Join us as we learn from his experience. So Chris, we wanted to start off the bat with, of all things, a YouTube video that I'd seen recently with uh, from David Foster Wallace. David um, was a, an American fiction writer who unfortunately had taken his life a few years back, but um, he was credited with giving one of the best college commencement speeches of all time. So naturally, I, I had to watch. And of all the things that he could have talked about in the commencement speech, he gave a parable or a story about three goldfish where two young goldfish were swimming in the ocean one day and along came a wise older goldfish who swam up, nodded and said, good morning, boys. How's the water? The two fish just kept swimming on. And at one point, one of them stopped and and said to the other goldfish, what the hell's water? The whole point of the story and the parable was that in life and in business, some all of the things that are affecting us the most, the most obvious things are some of the hardest things to put your finger on. And when I was reflecting on that video, Chris, I was thinking about your story a little bit and what you observe in your, your practice. You have been a consultant for over 14 years, I believe, and working with, with CEOs and businesses and, and helping with sales and marketing coaching. And then you made a, a fascinating realization where you pivoted and started to start focusing more of your, your, your time on personal development because you found that business issues that you were running up against were, were a little bit more um, centered uh, on the personal development of the CEOs, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I was just curious to get your, your take on that and, and what you learned in that process. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, and I like that parable. And I'll have to check out that YouTube. You know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, what I found and, you know, reflection, especially creating what I call, you know, the game. I don't go to work every day. I play a game. And I, and I found that when I do that, my mindset changes into, first of all, winning the day plus having fun. And if you can combine those two things, I, I think you're on to a good start, especially, you know, looking at um, what I've uh, observed mostly that when people were personally developing, their business grew. And, you know, it certainly was true for me as well, you know, being a frontline sales guy for as long as I did with various organizations, as well as building my own companies, the parallel, you know, really to you know, understanding who you are was really the first thing that, you know, came about for me because I realized I had a skill set and I was very competitive, you know, being a wrestler and played soccer for, you know, a good portion of my uh, youth competitively as well. It just made me realize that, you know, I needed to compete in my business 
So the way I did that was started to really focus in on my personal development. Of course, that carried over to observing and connecting with CEOs to have them, first of all, be able to express themselves. Because a lot of times when you know CEOs are building companies or they have sales teams, they're great leaders, but they're often faced with, especially if they're you know entrepreneurs and maybe don't have large organizations, they're faced with their self and their own thoughts and don't have necessarily a, a way to vet through or, or even vent uh, sometimes uh, what's going on in their business. So being a coach in that environment, I was able to serve both and be able to understand what their objectives are, align that with the front lines because I understand those people probably better than most because that's where I spent the majority of my time growing. So parallel you know, to, to personal development and seeing money grow, it, it was just obvious to me. And, you know, it was something that I certainly uh, experienced and uh, having coaches and mentors around me that um, I was able to uh, lean on, learn from, and often get blueprints and frameworks and let's call it, you know, a playbook if you want. That was a, a good reason why I wrote my book uh, called The Success Playbook is you know, that I wanted to share information that I learned along that journey. So yeah, personal development is, is definitely a, a, a need uh, for people that want to level up and get out of the comfort zone because unfortunately, pain for a lot of people is something that they avoid like the plague, but, you know, really it's the only way through, you know, to growth. And um, that's what uh, certainly observed with uh, dealing with a, a lot of people out there. Um, that you know certainly are are CEOs and you know entrepreneurs are CEOs whether they have a sales sales team or not. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. I think that 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 personal development, leveling up, that that is the game. Where do you think there's a gap though in in personal development? Because because everybody's talking about it. Why don't we teach personal development in schools? You know, I was talking to uh, the CEO of Main Street Pilot yesterday, Brian. Cersei, he was saying that, and this really surprised me, Chris, that 72% of college graduates are lacking the soft skills that they need in their, their workforce. And, and I just thought, man, that's so surprising. It could not be true. And I, I, I double checked it and, and it looks to be accurate. And another statistic I saw was that 74% of employers now say that the biggest thing that they're seeing a lack of in their new applicants are soft skills um, in, in their applicants. So I, I, I just thought that was really interesting. Do you, do you have an idea as to, to, to why that's such an issue or, or why, we're, why we haven't been able to, to effectively teach that to, to people moving up? Sure. You know, I can go on and on about the educational system, you know, and we have to get away from training our workforce for one. Uh, but, you know, that's a whole other story. Yeah, I have a little bit of uh, insight uh, to, you know, maybe my opinion on that. And of course, it's an opinion based on, you know, facts as well. The aspect of IQ, people understand, but I think there's a big distance between understanding EQ which is really the emotional side. And what we are as human beings is emotional. So therefore, why don't we spend some emphasis and time around understanding how you can control that emotional part of mm. yourself? And that was the really big thing that I learned from personal development is I learned really 
and experienced also watching others grow through emotional understanding or what I call the emotional guidance system. You know, I wrote a lot about that in my book, in fact, uh, under, you know, uh, a section of change and, and, and really understanding yourself at an emotional level so that you can connect at a deeper level, but also understand how you align your um, wants and needs and ask some specific questions. You know, I have a five question theory that I believe that if people can really sit down and ponder and think, and I'd be happy to share those uh, questions with you on today's uh, show, it really helps you dive in deeper on the emotional side of what you're trying to do. Because I think when you understand the feeling you're trying to create in your life, that's really where you're going to cut through a lot of the noise. And there needs to be more emphasis in the school system on how you connect emotionally. And there's a lot now around, obviously, mental health. We're hearing more and more. Mm -hmm. uh, it was one of those things, again, that I, I think we knew about, um, we talk about, but now people are really understanding uh, more and more, especially with the social environment that we have. You know, the world's changed. Um, you know, before uh, connecting with people, you know, you used to use a telephone. I mean, now there's all kinds of ways, you know, from text to messaging to messenger to Facebook to Instagram to Twitter. I mean, the list keeps going, of course. Um, but I think, you know, we're, we, we've, we've identified um, in, you know, sort of health sciences, if you want, that the brain uh, and, and the mind have so much power. And we're learning more and more about that in, uh, you know, the last five years through technology. And uh, I think that that's probably an emphasis that we could uh, start focusing on is the emotional quotient and, you know, really getting into the EQ versus the IQ of life, uh, because I think it's important. And uh, again, I think people um, can help themselves in a lot of ways by, like I said, you know, asking specific questions as a sales guy and someone who's been out on the front lines. It's all about questions for me. Because when I ask questions and I zip my mouth, people will basically tell me exactly what they're looking for, what they want, how they buy, all of those things if you ask questions specifically. So I'd be happy to share the, the five powerful questions, you know, if your audience wants to listen to that. Are those are you are you referring to the five the five C's of success? I'm not actually. Uh, these are specific questions to, you know, ask yourself uh, so that you can really you know, identify the path of what you're trying to achieve in life. And, and again, getting back to the feeling uh, and the emotion that you're really trying, you know, to have. And, and, you know, as human beings, I think the one thing we all share, regardless of what it is that, you know, makes us happy, but we all share that goal of, or that pursuit, if you want, in life is to what makes us happy. But um, you know, the questions are, are, are pretty powerful on, on a personal level, because I think when you start with those questions, it'll allow you to start cutting through, you know, like, like I said, a lot of noise. And if you understand how the brain works, when you ask yourself questions, it automatically starts to work on the answers and it, and it searches. So uh, again, they're pretty powerful. I can share them really quickly if you'd like. Yeah, I'd love to, um, I'd love to, to get into that because because you hear a lot of people talking about, you know, Simon Sinek's The Golden Circle, the why. Sure. Everyone's talking about finding the why and the passion. But there's still so many of us that it's like, well, okay, but how do I do that? Like, that's, mm -hmm. the, that's the art. That's the, the hardest part sure. of the equation. See, yeah, I, I, I'd love to dive into that. 
yeah, all right. Well, you know, for your audience and, and yourselves, if you take out a piece of paper, this is, you know, pretty profound, uh, but simple. And, you know, I like simple because at the end of the day, you know, there could be 26 steps to get somewhere. And, you know, you do these, you know, 18 steps and we hear all these different things, just as you'd, you know, you said, and, and as well, you know, the why, and, you know, the why is really just, uh, you know, in my mind, you know, that emotion, it's that feeling you're really trying to achieve really. But, Let's ask the questions, um, and I think uh, they're pretty powerful. So, number one, what do you want? You know, whatever situation it is, whatever you're trying to achieve, what is that? Why, like, and 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 secondly, why do you want it? That's the second question. The third one, and this is really where it starts getting deep, and I think that if people take the time to be able to answer this, this is where the magic starts. What feeling will you have when you get it? So what do you want? Why do you want it? What feeling are you going to have when you get it? This is where we start to connect with the emotional part of ourselves. And I think when you start to get on a deeper level, you can connect with that. It's going to clear out a lot of, lot of noise for yourself and allow you to then create the priorities in life every single day to work, like I said, uh, on you know the game or go play the game. The fourth question is, why do you want that feeling? And this is where it starts to get really deep. Your brain is going to want to try to solve that and, and come up with a reason. This is where you get into the whys. This is where you get into the deep connection of what you're really trying to achieve. And the last question, I think, is the most profound question and the one that really starts to make you ponder and think. But, you know, I like challenging people on questions and pondering because it allows them to, you know, Search for the answer. And really the last question is, why is that feeling missing now? Mm. And I think when you start to realize, um, maybe it's not. Maybe the feeling is there. Or, yeah, it's completely missing. And why is it missing? So those are the five questions that I think move people. And again, the emotional side of yourself is something to be explored but there is a guidance system, you know, and again, I talk uh, deeply on, uh, on those areas in, in, inside my book, because that's the stuff that I realized as I was growing. And I wanted to share with my kids, really, the book was designed originally, uh, by writing like a Renaissance man would, you know, a few chapters of, of what I call the pillars of life, um, that, you know, I wanted to share with my 18 year old son, instead of giving him, uh, you know, an Xbox or a, PS4 uh, or whatever it was back in those days, um, you know, I decided to give him a journal with, uh, you know, a few thoughts, uh, you know, that I wanted him to think about as he was starting to progress into, you know, finding uh, the things in his life that were important. But my pillars are, uh, you know, where I started with the book. And of course, I go a little deeper on, you know, my journey as an entrepreneur uh, inside the book as well. Got it. No, that's really helpful. I like that you've you've broken down the the EQ part of that, you know, focusing on the feelings and the emotions because I think that's what you, you know, going back to what you said earlier, emotion people are emotional and and people act on emotions. So we don't factor those in in our business processes sometimes, especially in our sales and marketing mm -hmm. um mindsets where we're always thinking about how to sell and not how to create an emotional connection with people. So sure. I think that those, those five questions are really, really awesome. Get, you know, going back, you know, let's assume uh, the audience then goes through the five. They, they determine 
what they want, why they want it, the feeling that they'll get, um, and, 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 and why the feeling is missing now. Assume you get that all accomplished. One of the things I'm really fascinated by um, right now is just the reality that all of the businesses that exist today started off as an idea mm-hmm. and then they grew into a vision and now it's an actual company. But taking the idea to, to something that's tangible, um, I, I was curious, what's the source of your vision for your company? Where did that come from? And then how, how do you keep that, that excitement and that flame alive? Yeah, that's a great question. I always saw myself you know, building a business from my phone. You know, kind of the Gary V style, if you want. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just not having to be tied down anywhere, and you know, able to build my business from wherever I was. And you know, that connection emotionally was was for me that um, can I do that? You know, we we act on emotion, but we back it by logic, right? And that's how we make decisions on things. So you know, for those salespeople or or anybody out there, I you know, again, I think. I think everybody needs to have um, the skill of sales and it's not so scary if you break it down like this. And, and, you know, Bob Berg, who's a mentor to me, you know, put it like this is if you change the meaning of selling to giving, then it completely changes the game for you because that's really the root of it. You know, a Latin meaning is that you're giving. You're giving in exchange for something, right? So first of all, start there. Uh, That'll help everybody get, rid of the uh the scary sales word or selling word um is again connect an emotion by giving information and if you do it right and you know what i mean by right is you just ask good questions you emotionally help help the person that you're you know selling let's call it or giving uh making an emotional connection to it and then back it with some logic uh you're going to do really well it's funny when, you know, I'm building my businesses, at, you know, I looked at, hey, what do I really want? You know, what would make me happy? And, you know, again, for everybody out there, we all have this image of really what makes us happy and what we really love to do. I just did it. I made the decision. And that was the big thing is I just started. There's enormous power in starting. And believe me, it's not going to be perfect. But if you're waiting for perfect, you're never going to get it done. So I think that's number one for a lot of people is just, again, start, do something. And for me, it was really just going and going for it, getting out of my comfort zone, uh, because that's where really the magic starts. And uh, as I started to go down that road, things started to uh, align. And, and, you know, I'm a firm believer that people, places, events and circumstances start to show up when you just take those, you know, moves forward. And you'll understand very quickly uh, what direction, because a lot of times if I say to you, uh, Tyler, where are you going to be three to five years from now, right? It's kind of foggy. You kind of have an idea, you know, but it's really foggy. So I like chunking things down. And that's why I have a concept of just, hey, what's today? What can you do today? How can you win today? And I have a you know system that I put into place to create some priorities because I don't believe in time management. I believe that, you know, we all have the same amount of time in a day. It's what your priorities are. And I don't get myself too squirreled. Um, You know, it has happened. I'll tell you, 2008 is a good example of being squirreled. But, you know, Mm -hmm. you you pivot, you you turn around and you you, you do the right things, um, you know, towards what are those things that you're really trying to achieve and what, you know, the question I always come back to is what do I want? 
And first of all, a lot of times what will happen is you'll identify the things you don't want. And that's a good start, by the way. What don't you want? That starts to outline a little bit more and give you a little bit more clarity on, on what you do want. So hopefully I, I was able to help you with that. the question. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think a couple you, you mentioned a couple of things in there. And I, I, first, I, I, I love that philosophy of just, just getting started because there's probably, you know, the, the ready, aim, fire approach to business is just so outdated that mm-hmm. there's nothing that you're going to do on a business strategy that's going to overcome you know, the, the fear of just stepping into something. And so, you know, I, I was thinking about our operating philosophy and our culture and our team. One of the sayings that we have is, um, we're building a plane, uh, while we're flying yeah, it. That. And cause, cause that's what it feels sure. like is it's really scary. Um, but at the same time, um, everybody is, is committed to, to, to building a, a great plane. So, um, I, that resonated with me. I wanted to jump back. Um, you mentioned earlier that you love tech. So I wanted to I wanted to to, to talk about Airbnb for a second because sure. this this company has gone it's just is flabbergasted me because it, it I no one in the business world knows how that they were successful. Um, I was watching Brian um, Brian Chesky, the CEO, one of the the three founders of Airbnb, um, give a, a presentation the other day about. It, uh, just, just the odds that they went through, and it, it just doesn't make sense, really, when you think about it. These guys moved to San Francisco. They couldn't afford their rent. Their genius idea to pay for their rent was to set up a website and rent out their apartment, uh, a, a corner of their apartment where they bought three airbeds, <laughs> and that was the business concept. And, and they struggled for a couple of years until it just took off. No one in the business space would ever think that that's a good investment to rent out airbeds in apartments. Like everything was stacked against them. I'm just curious from your perspective, because I know you do a lot of consulting and you see a lot of uh, people pitch you a lot of things. Help me make sense of, of how they're a multi-billion dollar company now, like even with their success today, it doesn't make sense. I, I'm cheering them on, but I'm, I'm still baffled. I don't get it. Me as well. You know, you look at this concept and, you know, guys going from just selling, what is it, cereals before and, you know, now to a, you know, 25 plus billion dollar <laughs> company, the biggest, you know, even bigger than some of these uh, large corporations like Marriott and everything else, Hilton. Um, that couldn't figure this out, but yeah, an airbed to, you know, airbed and breakfast that that's what they did for, for whatever they charged back then. And, um, you know, but tech really what changed the game, I think from the concept that they had, because was, uh, the partner and, and I believe, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, but I think it's Nathan something, uh, or whatever it is, um, you know, came in and changed the game by creating the technology part around it. And that, and that's really what I believe um, was able to streamline it very quickly. And then people were able to, you know, do it on their mobile phones. And, 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 and as soon as you can add something into a mobile based uh, environment, I think that that's when you start tapping into a large contingency of people. And, you know, we've seen that many times. I mean, uh, Uber is a good example of that as well, you know, tying in everything into your phone. And, you know, quite frankly, um, I tied the game into my phone as well. I used to do everything paper-based, 
you know, back when I was uh, a couple years ago thinking about, because, you know, really we're the game that I, that I play and it's called the kick-ass sales game um, with corporations started when people asked me how I was able to close million dollar commissions in, you know, my career. And, you know, I really didn't know. I just, you know, my, my initial response was, I just went to work. <laughs> you know, I just worked. Yeah. I grind. I, I chopped wood. You know, I always use that analogy. I just chop wood every day if I'm going to build a house. It, it was. It, it forced me to ponder and think. And you know, I came up with um, a, an aspect around uh, the game. And as of recent, moving it into a mobile app has really started to open up. You know, this opportunity where now I can affect so many people, but mostly I affect myself because like I said, I've always had this dream of using my mobile phone to run my business. And literally now I do that, you know, uh, and I don't really have to touch my computer. I still like my computer because it just has things that I can, you know, sort of do uh, sitting there and, you know, especially writing and writing any books. But, you know, my mobile uh, phone is, is everything because now I'm able to even manage out several games at one time. So technology is really what I believe uh, changed the game for Airbnb specifically, you know, where they were able to start, you know, affecting many, many uh, lives out there uh, because people uh, we're now giving it an opportunity not to, uh, let's say, be caged into, you know, the hotel industry. I mean, they had that wrapped up and, you know, let's face it, you know, you can go down one road uh, and, and grab a hotel and, you know, it could be a, a lower end hotel. But, you know, still you're, you're you know, the comparison to cost and, and comfort, that's another thing. Um, I think, you know, people would like to be in a more homely uh, environment um, and feel like they're at home. And I think that that's really what changed the game um, as they had technology in. And, you know, people started to realize that I could just grab an Airbnb versus a hotel and, and sometimes even cheaper, depending, um, you know, of course, what you get because they range. But it's certainly baffling. Um, I wish I came up with the idea. Uh, <laughs> definitely. You know, it's like sitting there thinking about some things that come out and the simplicity of it. You're like, wow, you know. Um, but, you know, these guys, you know, grind it, right? They did everything to just keep working hard at figuring out how um, they can create this environment for people to literally access it from a mobile uh, app. And, and that's incredible. I, I think that that um, is what people should be thinking about their business and using technology today to figure out how uh, they're going to tap into uh, the mobile-based business. Because let's face it, you know, not everybody, I mean, every there there are billions of people, like they call it the, you know, the bottom billion, you know, if you're a capitalist, maybe. Um, and then, you know, maybe you're a socialist and you call it the rising billions, whatever it is. There's billions and billions of people coming online and, and, and going to have access um, probably even to free internet as we see these um, loon projects or, you know, the different things that uh, Yahoo and, you know, um, Richard Branson, you know, with this with his companies, Virgin and uh, Google and, you know, Facebook and, you know, all these people putting these um, balloons in the air to, to create connectivity. So, you know, for, for people listening in, you know, I'm always looking at, I follow a guy named Peter Diamantis. I, I think Peter's brilliant. And um, if you don't follow him, you know, I, I certainly believe you should because he's a futurist, you know, along with Ray Kroc. Uh, not Ray Kroc, I'm sorry, um, Kurzweil um, of, of Google. 
Um, and, and I think that if you know where the world's going, then, you know, if you have a business that can, you know, attach to that technology or opportunity as people use technology or mobile apps, um, you know, you're now not camping in your back, you know, back, um, backyard. You, you've got now a global. And that's really what happened to Air, Airbnb being global as they are is because a mobile, it's a mobile app. So mm-hmm. amazing, like just an amazing business. Great example. Um, yeah, it's baffling, but I think it's because uh, the world's moved into that uh, direction, you know, with amazing phones. I just got the uh, Apple, um, uh, you know, X, uh, S, which has got, you know, super spot, fast speed and, you know, an amazing camera. I mean, wow. What was I missing all these? Well, well, for probably a year it's been out, but amazing that, you know, I can have this phone and, and it does so much, you know, it looks at my face and, you know, I can get into my banking so quickly. Um, all of that stuff is just incredible in my mind, but, um, I think it's, uh, it's because the technology is, is advancing so quickly. Uh, there's just so many people trying to keep up, but if you can tap into something, um, I think uh, it's it's uh, Dan Sullivan says that if you can, uh, you know, look at technology and where it's going and where the world's going and and create a business model to match as it's growing, then you know you're going to do really well in the world uh, in terms of what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's absolutely fascinating. And when you're talking about how things are changing and how fast they're changing. Um, it's, 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 it's often overlooked that we're living through the biggest cultural transformation, for sure. um, in our lifetime that hasn't happened as fast as it did since Gutenberg invented the printing right. press. So it's, it's, it's a really, Crazy. you know, it, it's easy to focus on, on the pain points of all the things changing, but it's, it's not always, uh, appreciated just how, how awesome the time is that we're, we're living for in, sure. but, you know, Going back to Airbnb, it does make you know some sense uh, in that they're when they were originally pitching the concept as the eBay of space. Everyone has space, and so as you're you know saying, including the tech portion of that, being able to to rent out your assets, your your space, it, it, it does make sense. But one of the things I was thinking about when you were talking was one of the coolest things about Airbnb, Uber, Lyft is the amount of trust now mm-hmm. in society that we are granting um, each other is is this pretty cool when you think about it um, no one five years ago would have thought that you know your daughter would get in the back of a stranger's car to take them home sure. or to go you know rent out you know chris's apartment or house in in florida um, it, it's just it's just it's strange but it's also kind of heartwarming at the same time it's interesting you know, there's a cool factor to it for sure. And when you have a cool factor on anything, it's, 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 um, it's, it's easy to sell, but you know, it's, it's knowing, you know, if you take Uber, for example, and you just mentioned something, um, you know, you get in the car, there's, there's sort of two things that I think are fascinating about that business. You know, exactly what you're going to spend, which is incredible, right? When you get into a taxi, you're like, I don't know, like you, you get there and you got to fork over this money and, you know, who knows, but you know, you get in an Uber, you know exactly how much you're going to spend. But most importantly, I, and I think that this is, you know, really uh, the, the, the most important thing is, you know, who's driving you and what the rating is and the peer rating is important. You know, this social environment um, that we have today, uh, you're rated by everybody, really. I mean, 
you know, likes and follows and, and, uh, what's the concept, you know, you know them first, then you like them and then you trust them. Right. And that's really what, uh, we're seeing in the world today with, uh, with the way it's going, you know, using technology, social, um, it'd be interesting to see what happens if we ever revert back to, you know, maybe we're just too social. Um, I, I, I think some people are, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, will we revert? I don't know. Maybe that's, um, something to be, uh, thought about as, as maybe machines, um, or better yet, artificial intelligence starts to, to really kick in and, and we start to see that type of environment change. Uh, the way we interact and, you know, we've had robots around us for, you know, a long time, you know, ATM machines are a good example of that, you know, and we know them now and then we trust it, right? We trust going and putting our card in and taking our cash out. Um, And I think it's just a matter of time again, you know, where this, you know, new artificial intelligence, you know, will go and and will it get scary enough that we just, you know, shut it down? I don't know. It's, uh, I guess it remains to be seen. Um, what's happening. And, and I think, you know, anybody that says they know or have their finger on the pulse in tech, I, you know, I, I, I don't think anybody does, you know, I think everybody's somewhere in the middle. We just don't know where uh, things are going to look in, in 10 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Gary V said something uh, recently about that, that I, I appreciated because it's so easy to be worried about this, the bad side effects of this social experience experience with the internet and, and, and social media. But it's interesting because he had a completely different perspective on it. You know, there's a lot of people who are kind of fear mongering and saying, you know, oh, it, this is a crisis. The kids are spending too much time on these devices. They're not learning, you know, as we talked about earlier, soft skills and looking people in the eye and being confident and they're missing out on some of those things. You, you hear that a lot. But then Gary Vee said something interesting, which is he said, we're giving millennials way too much of a hard time. I think in my personal opinion, I think millennials have become the scapegoat for um, all the things that we want, but, uh, but, but, what, but we don't want to sort of admit that it's, it's, it's our fault. Um, he said something where he said that, that millennials now are way more social than any other generation. I mean, if you think about now, I'm, I'm even I'm a, I'm on the tail end of millennials. I'm 31. I think 35 is the cutoff. You know, before that, like you know, we when we were growing up, even people my age, we were playing outside. Typically, you know, most of the time alone. Like <laughs> some of the older generations, like you'd be skipping rocks by yourself. And so what he was saying was, you know, just appreciate the the positive things and and let go of some of the negative things. I thought that was an interesting perspective. Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you, Tyler, you didn't walk backwards in, in, in snow to school? <laughs> <laughs> both, both ways, yeah. I actually did walk to school, um, but I was only a couple blocks from school, so I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree with you on the millennial thing. I mean, you know, the way I look at it, we're just, we're, we're still the, we're still human beings. I mean, you can label you a, mm-hmm. however you want or, you know, whatever you want. I mean, it's just, the world's changed. I mean, we can't be what we were. I mean, we're going to progress and, you know, you can't stop progress. Um, you could say a lot of things or give your opinion, but, you know, me and opinions, uh, you know, I don't like them. I, I always look at the facts, you know, we're, we're, we're way better off than we ever have been. Uh, the world um, is is a safer place, no matter what the media says. 
we're advancing in, in, a, in a much better direction. People are living longer, which is amazing. We have more abundance in food because of technology. You know, you can look at all the negatives and, you know, follow the media or you can go, you know, find the facts. And, you know, certainly uh, some great organizations. Um, and that's why, you know, again, I brought up Peter Diamantis is because he follows facts. And, you know, I truly believe and that's one of my rules, you know, is is uh, is just be careful who you listen to. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to get back to sales because you started to talk about this a little bit earlier around, you know, retraining the mind to think about, you know, sales isn't taking, it's, it's more about giving. I want to dive sure. into that a little bit more because one of the things that you talk about is your sales philosophy, which I love, which kind of goes against the, the conventional train of thought, which is that in order to close the most, you have to care the most. I absolutely love that. And I think that that um, is true. But it also challenges kind of the way that we've thought about sales over the last maybe 20 years. You know, that I'm, I'm thinking of the, you know, that famous Alec Baldwin uh, scene where it's always ABC, always be closing. But you're, you're really challenging that and saying, no, it's, a, it's always be caring is really the model. And I think you know, talking about the, the EQ and the human side of things, like that, 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 is, that is a this is water kind of moment where we've, we've completely lost that um, human touch in the sales field. So could you, could you just talk through that philosophy a little bit more? What I found and, and just being out there on the front line is, you know, people don't buy until they, they know you care. And, you know, I always focused on caring. Uh, and asking, you know, what the problem was, you know, I was always really good at probing for their problem because I'll be the first one to try, uh, to tell them that, you know, and this is how I, I relieve the pressure in sales. And, you know, this is a little tip for everybody that's in sales is when you're talking to someone, give them the out, give them the out because, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, be right up front with them to tell them, Hey, listen, can you do me a favor? Well, yeah, sure. After I explain, you know, what I do and I understand what you're trying to do, if, if this is not right for you, can you just tell me like a no? Mm -hmm. And immediately, immediately, now they feel like, okay, I have the opportunity to say no. So now I pulled my focus on, on you know, getting to them to say obviously yes. And, and the way, you know, you get to them to, to say yes is, is, you know, in my opinion, is align the outcome that they're trying to achieve with the current challenge or problem, let's call it, that they have. But you got to connect the emotional side of it. You know, people, again, will, will reiterate, uh, people buy an emotion and they back it up by logic. So if I can connect them to the outcome they're trying to achieve, which is the feeling they want, right? Again, the feeling, right? They want to they have this feeling that they solve their problem um, and they're feeling good about it. Then, you know, it's just a matter of then showing them what I call the, you know, relatable stories and the evidence behind it, you know, but, but I'll be the first one to tell them that if I can't solve it, you know, it, it, it's good. Um, but if they also don't see it themselves, they have an out. And as soon yeah. as they have that, everything relaxes. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's a concept of just relatability. And, you know, now they feel like you care, like that you're not just trying to get them to buy something that they don't want. I obviously coach a lot of salespeople and I, and I watch them. And, you know, a lot of people uh, just kind of, you know, dump, they, they vomit, you know, everything that the company does and all their product 
features and benefits and all these things where meanwhile they haven't even connected the real problem with uh with with what they maybe can solve and maybe they do have the greatest product and unfortunately there's just and and that is the case there's so many uh companies out there that have great products and services um that can change people's uh, uh, business or help them what they're trying to achieve. Uh, just unfortunately, uh, the salesperson uh, hasn't learned, you know, what I call posing the clothes, you know, and, 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 and really positioning and identifying the outcome, relatable stories, and then the evidence that comes by, behind that. And, and it's a framework that I came up with because, you know, listen, truth be told, I wasn't really great at school. I, I didn't pay a lot of attention. I was pretty good at math and, you know, um, and, and sports. <laughs> um, and I guess that served me well getting into uh, sales. But at the end of the day, just because of the competitiveness and stuff like that, but also understanding numbers is, is a good thing. Um, but, you know, for me, it was really fascinating to have frameworks for myself and, you know, knowing where I was, you know, talking to someone. So, you know, for me, the game is, uh, is again, allowing people to understand that um, I care, you know, I do care, you know, I've always cared about everybody that I work with. And, and, and I had to, again, uh, be relatable and likable. And I think when you're likable, people will, um, will pay attention to you. So, you know, for those people out there that um, are struggling with sales, uh, you, you've got to, you know, sort of back up a little bit and, and make sure you, first of all, you care about the outcome uh, of, of, of what you're selling to someone. And, and if you don't, you shouldn't be selling it really. Um, that's mm-hmm. a big thing. Yeah. I, what I loved about that is cause I, when I heard you articulate it, it was like, oh yes, that's exactly my experience in sales. I was classically trained, um, in cold calling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything I was trained on, um, early on was overcoming three objections. Like, it, and it wasn't, it, 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 it wasn't about, you know, what you're talking about, which is really gaining trust. And, and I've realized the more I sold, I told people why they shouldn't buy a product or service, mm-hmm. the more they wanted to buy from me because I was their sort of Trojan horse on the inside. Sure. And then when, when I think about any salesperson I've ever bought from, that's what I've always appreciated is, is someone who's the expert, someone who knows the ins and outs of a certain industry and then shares that knowledge with me in the buying process. Sure. So I really love yeah, that. Yeah, it's more consultative, um, you know, yeah. where you're, you're, you're exploring, you know, with them rather than, you know, trying to lead them. Uh, you're just letting them lead you uh, through their experience and then giving your perspective, right? And just, you know, and that's the skill, you know, a lot, a lot of people, uh, you know, just, again, they, they, they vomit and uh, they don't, they don't listen, you know, and that, and that's the thing, you know, you really just have to, you know, ask, you know, what uh, I think there's, you know, generally just sort of three questions you got to ask. And I train on this, but, um, you know, I always, uh, try to listen right out of the beginning and, uh, and zip my mouth. Don't say anything until I, and, and I take a lot of notes, you know, and I just write down the key points that, uh, you know, I can go back to that I felt, uh, and that's the beauty about talking to people. They'll give you a, you know, it's all, it's all in the tonality, right? You can listen to the emotion. And when someone gets emotional about something, you know, you're on. So I really uh, encourage, you know, everybody listening in today and uh, on the call is just listen for tonality when you're talking to people. And if you hear an emotional connection, that's a good point to write down in your book. 
about what they just talked about and uh, and then come back to it and and touch on that emotion uh, in a way that obviously if your service or your product uh, can you know provide the outcome they're looking for and, and it's a solution for it then you know you got to hone in on that that emotional tone that you heard um, you know and 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 people give it away every single time that's why I said just zip up like you know find out what they're what what they're looking for what have, what have they experienced um, have they bought something uh, before and you know try to listen in for uh, those those cues and then they know like you just mentioned that you're now consulting them in a way that hey listen yeah i've heard that before uh, or hey have you looked at this uh you know inside and and by the way that you know that's one of the benefits or hey you just nailed a feature inside of what we really saw as well as being an issue out there that was missing and that's why we fulfilled it like you know again it's just talking to people and i figure you know most people um just get hung up on you know i've got to hit quotas or i've got to sell 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 it's like listen if you talk to enough people and you know really uh, and and here's my perspective on sales for people um in in companies that have you know a, let's say a good service and a product because if you don't then you probably should think about getting a good service and a product but let's assume that everybody out there is selling a good service or a product it's making sure that um you know they 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 understand uh you know the person and they can align that um, in a way that, you know, emotionally connects them and then, you know, help them through the buying process. You know, I just always been, became helpful and, um, and, and made it simple for them, took on things that, uh, you know, they didn't have to do themselves, found a piece of research and, you know, shared it with them. Um, if it's a longer sales cycle, you know, I, I listen intently what they're, you know, again, what, what they've learned or what they tried or anything like that. And then I, you know, I, I hone in on that and help them out. Awesome. Um, so I know we're running up on the end of the hour. I got a couple questions left. One is a statement by uh, Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, once said the Stone Age, Bronze Age, Iron Age. We define epics of humanity by the technology we use. We are some now 30 years into the internet. Um, I'm curious, Chris, you've, you've been in sales for a long time. How have you seen the internet changing the sales game? Oh, wow. <laughs> so this reminds me when I was stopping on the side of the road using pay phones. <laughs> <laughs> Not to date myself, and you know maybe the first Nokia, you know, brick phone back in those days, and wow, thirty years yep. of the internet. Um, well, I, you know, definitely efficiencies, the ability to use the internet to create um, efficiencies in the in the in business has been just absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal in these ways that you can connect and research very quickly. It's funny when people ask me to do something or you know how you do something, I'm like, Google it. <laughs> you know, YouTube, yeah. like, honestly, I'm a YouTube fixer upper, you know, like, uh, anything goes on. That's the first place I go and, and, and figure it out because, you know, today in the social sharing environment, um, you can find anything you're looking for. Now, you know, when you hit a, a subject line that has a hundred million, you know, different ways or, or hits, I guess, uh, maybe the, a lot of them are similar. Um, you know, the top ones are, are, are typically the ones you, you know, we look at, you know, like today, you know, you go to Google, who goes past page three, or even one, you know, really, in, 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 in the time that we look for stuff, it's like, you look at number one, you know, what's come up, 
okay, well, that's an ad. Let's go down and, you know, let's figure out and maybe you do a little bit of research. Um, but, you know, I think the, today the, the internet and uh, just uh, amazing efficiencies for sure. And, and you can find the information fairly quickly. Um, and then I validate. Once I find something, I, I validate, you know, maybe, um, again, uh, message boards are, are usually good because you can get uh, a little bit of perspective. Um, I always like seeing, you know, what other people say uh, about things, especially, you know, today, if you go on a trip, what do we do? We go to TripAdvisor, right? And we, we see what other people are saying. So I think it's been able to create some transparency. And that's the really big word for me, um, you know, through where today's internet was, you know, is compared to where, you know, it was when, when I was young. Um, it's faster, for sure. Um, there's more transparency. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad, but um, maybe for some yeah. people it is and, and some people it isn't. But, you know, point being is uh, I think the efficiencies, transparency is is uh, is a big one in today's internet. Got it. Well, last question, Chris. Um, you know, we, we've we touched on this a little bit on, on, on this episode. Um, this is clearly the absolute best time to be alive and to be running a business. Uh, with all that said, we all know that everyone's got pain, everyone's got anxiety and insecurities, and we all need a little motivation from time to time. So Chris, if you could get through to just one person listening to this episode right now, what one piece of advice or, or, or bit of encouragement or positivity would you want to leave them with? That's a, that's a really great question. You know, there's just obviously a few things that come to mind, but I think what most people struggle with is confidence. You know, I have a little bit of a mirror game that I play. And, you know, quite frankly, I think people need to realize that, you, you know, like yourself, you know, that's one of the things that you know, immediately when you said that, I was like, well, you know, what really changed for me? And, and, and it brings me back to one of my favorites is Brian Tracy. You know, I grew up with Brian, of course, he's, you know, sort of this, mm -hmm. Um, icon of influence and in especially sales and business and positivity and, you know, just wrote so many books and just did so many speaking events, and affected millions of people in this world. But there's one thing, he, he, you know, that always comes back is I like myself. And I, I think that when you start realizing that you're the star player in your, your game, um, let's call it every single day, and, 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 and you take care of yourself, um, you like yourself first, then I think you automatically start to create this energy that attracts the right people, the right things, the right circumstances, the right opportunities, the right timing. And I think that that's really where if anybody is out there listening and, uh, and wants to see a positive impact on their life, you got to look in that mirror and you got to realize who's looking at you looking at you. And mm -hmm. I think if you can connect with that, it's going to change the game. And um, that's really what uh, you know. I can leave with everybody today is you have it inside of yourself. I can't motivate anybody, Tyler, but I, what I can do is I can inspire them to, you know, find something uh, that they can connect themselves with, and you know that one thing that they can connect themselves with that should be themselves, and know that you can do anything, and you can create anything you want. If you can just go out there and make that first move and then make the second one 
and keep putting your feet in front of you, um, I promise you the people, places, events, circumstances, and things will start to show up. So hopefully that's helpful. That's very helpful. That's very powerful. I think we might have done Quentin Tarantino um, a solid by ending with where we began, which um, was all around the EQ component that you introduced. So I think that's really cool. I had a bunch of other questions to ask you. We're out of time. I know other people are going to want to follow you and, and, and maybe follow up with you. Where's the best place for them to connect? Any social media, Christopher Cumby. Um, uh, also, ChristopherCumby.com is a great place. And of course, you know, we have our podcast, Think Bold, Be Bold. It's actually hosted on C-Suite Radio. So there you go. Bingo. Well, thanks, Chris. Really appreciate you spending the time and more importantly, sharing your experience with us. I know you're very busy. Uh, this means a lot. Appreciate you guys and thank you and go do something nice for someone today. Will do. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening to today's episode. The CEO Experience is proudly sponsored by .CEO, the only domain for CEOs. Go to home.ceo to claim yours today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.